Hey, what is up, Celtics Nation? Greg here from the Guys in Green podcast, bringing you episode one. And today, we're just going to jump right in. We're going to be talking about all things Celtics, what we saw in the preseason, what we want to see in this upcoming season, and where I think we're headed. So basically, I'm just going to jump right in. We're going to start off with uh, reacting to some Celtics and NBA hot takes from over on our Twitter page. And uh, first one, uh, someone tweeted at us, uh, Romeo Langford is going to win most improved player. Now, I, I got to be honest here. I think this one is a bit far-fetched just because um, we're decently strong at the guard slash forward position, which is where he's mainly going to be playing. I think that, you know, he's got to go through guys like Brown, Richardson, even Smart if he ends up playing off guard uh, more this season. And even, you know, his main competition being Aaron Neesmith, he, he shot well in the preseason, putting up 18 points on 7-for-9 shooting. He hit four threes that game. And it was those sort of performances that make you think he could maybe win the most improved player. But I got to be honest, there's probably other candidates out there that I would probably think is more likely to see win the award. I think that uh, he has taken big strides, but also, you know, the main concern with Romeo is, you know, can he stay healthy? And that's the big question that we're going to have to be asking all season. As many good performances as we might see, you know, uh, his jump shots look really smooth. You can see kind of that clear change and, you know, maybe he's been working with the shooting coach a bit more. You know, you can see that there's a clear difference in that, you know, something's working. But, you know, um, can he stay healthy is really going to be that main question because you build up all this momentum and then, you know, he gets a couple of unlucky injuries and maybe you're back at square one. And, you know, it's just that risk that kind of you you got to take with a player like Romeo. But we'll see if he ends up getting the minutes in the end, because, you know, like I said, you play him too much and, you know, he gets that one unlucky injury, then, you, you know, you're back kind of where you started. So on to our second uh, Celtics hot take that we got in from a guy called Andrew Rife one said, people will like Grant Williams again after this year. Now, uh, me personally, I've always kind of been on the um, Grant Williams hype train just because, you know, he's a guy who I think is good for the locker room and he kind of proves uh, that he has that heart out on the floor every night. Now, I know some people will go as far to say that he's got like Kevin Garnett type potential I I wouldn't go that far I think he does got the heart and he's got the desire but at the end of the day I mean he's he hasn't got a single ounce of that Kevin Garnett type of talent you know or the size the the length you know all that stuff that would kind of um, enable him to become that type of player although I I'm kind of sick of people always saying you know Grant Williams uh, is absolutely trash he's you know should never be a part of an NBA rotation I just don't really think that that's ever been the case. I think we had a lot of guys who should be end of the bench players who were playing more prominent roles last season that, you know, and obviously that's going to make guys look bad when they're playing a role that they're not necessarily ready to play. We've seen that Grant has lost the weight. He's moving a lot better out there. He looks like he's in absolutely fantastic shape. And I got to be honest, I really see that affecting his game in a really positive way. Uh, He'll be able to move up and down the floor a bit better. He'll be able to move around defensively, you know, cover more guys that maybe he wouldn't have been able to stick with before. 
Although, you know, it's it's going to be less likely we see him banging down low at the big guys, but I, I don't really think that's what we need him to do. What I what I would most like to see out of Grant is um, can he consistently hit uh, three-point shots, especially in the corner, you know, just stand in the corner, be ready to hit shots, and I don't really think there's much more we could ask uh, other than that. He had a pretty solid preseason. You know, can he stay consistent and be able to prove himself to kind of get those minutes that would keep him, you know, NBA ready at all times? You know, it's yet to be seen. He's competing with the likes of, you know, uh, Al Horford, Robert Williams at those forward center positions. And it's like, you know, we're going to have injuries, especially to those two big guys. Obviously, Al is up there in age and Rob Williams is a walking crutch. So, you know, he'll get his opportunity at some point. The only thing is, is will he be ready when those chances come? You know, we're just going to have to find out on that one. Next one comes in from NBA Reacts with the Z at the end. And uh, just want to shout this guy out. You know, he recently gave us a shout out. Really good page, really good content. So, you know, if you're over from the Twitter page, you should go drop him a follow. And uh, he said, Rob Williams gets Defensive Player of the Year if healthy. Schroeder wins Sixth Man of the Year. By the end of the year, uh, Josh Richardson averages close to 20 points per game. Now that's kind of a lot to unpack. I'll start off with Rob Williams getting Defensive Player of the Year. Uh, don't get me wrong, I think that uh, he is elite in terms of shot blocking, but I honestly think that there's a lot that he has to learn on the defensive end before we can kind of throw him into that conversation. I've kind of compared him to Rudy Gobert in certain aspects of his defensive game, where it's like Rudy Gobert leading up to uh, getting Defensive Player of the Year still had to put in that work to become a more you know like mobile big man and be able to make those switches know that his defensive system specifically so um you know he can uh not be so one-dimensional i think rob is a great shot blocker but in terms of knowing the system knowing the switches and just making those mental mistakes he's got to be more consistent at making sure that doesn't happen and then maybe we can you know chuck him in that conversation but let's be honest he's yet to stay healthy which I think is the one big thing that we got to look at. You know, can he stay on the court as well? I think we need him to play at least 50 games and be healthy come playoff time if we want this team to, to be at a level where we, you know, are expecting really great things. Last season, you know, he had the turf toe, which is really an injury you would rarely see among NBA players. So it's, it's just things like that that, you know, they, they don't really get your hopes up because... You know, this, this guy is a walking injury. And I love Rob Williams, and I think that what he offers defensively is obvious. And what he brings to the offensive end is, you know, he's an aerial threat. He's uh, diving in for alley-oops and always uh, making the right decision and making the right pass. So, you know, I think he has all-star potential. I think if DeAndre Jordan was ever an all-star, Rob Williams could get there someday. But we got to see him at least 50 games in the regular season and be healthy for the entire playoffs. And maybe next season, if we could have that conversation. Um, moving on, uh, Schroeder wins six man of the year. You know, this isn't too far-fetched. And I think that um, if he really grits his teeth and is ready to make winning plays for this basketball team, you know, the, the numbers will speak for themselves. You know, if he's not pushing to score the ball every time. Um, we've seen so far in preseason, I mean, he's... He looks like uh, people are calling him the next coming of Rajon Rondo, which, you know, I, I do see uh, a bit myself just because he's kind of got that flair uh, when he's passing the ball. You know, Schroeder's more of a, of a scoring guard than uh, rather than passing. 
which is um which is definitely fine i think the most important thing with schroeder is that you know he's constantly pushing the pace and looking to move the ball and you know we got him obviously on a really cheap contract it looks like he's really ready to be a part of this team and you know push to get that big contract obviously you know it's going to be a bit of a different story when we you know talk about trying to get him back next offseason but you know that is what it is and we'll kind of get to it when it arrives at our doorstep really and last one from um nba reacts is by the end of the year josh richardson will average close to 20 points per game i think he just uh threw that one in there for the fun of it uh josh richardson uh, had a bit of a shooting slump in the preseason he definitely started to look better as the games went on. But I gotta be honest, I don't really think he'll get the touches to average 20. I think that um, especially if Neesmith and Langford kind of ascend to that next level that we think they're going to, they really will end up taking some of his minutes. I don't think it'll be a situation like in Dallas or Philadelphia. I think his offense will be fine. Honestly, I, I would be more worried about him just playing hard defense, you know, getting our guys together being a dog and you know going out there making the hustle plays and you know his shot will kind of come along when we need it to to say that we need him to score 20 points per game i think that's a that's kind of a stretch but i mean it's not a bad shout if he scores 20 points per game we're probably doing something right so can't really complain with that one okay next up for our uh, celtics hot takes we got uh mark belleville with the C's finish as a top two seed in the East. And trust me, God, I would love for this to come true. I think, uh, you know, we could all agree in saying that we wish the Celtics would finish in top two. But I think even without Kyrie Irving for, uh, you know, even if it's the entire season, the Nets have a strong enough squad to compete for top two. And, you know, we've seen Giannis starting to hit that jump shot with more consistency. And that's really something the rest of the league should be scared about because it, there's only so much you can do to stop Giannis if he's shooting a consistent jumper. You know, you, you, you jump at his uh, jump shot, he goes right past you, he's into the bucket, and there's not really many people that can stop him anyways. So I, I would kind of uh, rank the Bucks and the Nets as an interchangeable uh, one and two. I'd, I'd more prefer uh, the Bucks at the one seed, but... I think the Celtics are kind of a shoe-in for the top three. If anyone wants to argue differently, they'll say Atlanta. They'll say Miami. I, I honestly think that uh, the two Jays, uh, along with NBA caliber help this season, will be well more than we need to uh, finish in that top three. And I think people will kind of uh, play on it too much that, you know, uh, we struggled last season. We're in the play-in, you know, barely made the playoffs. You know, obviously we were the worst team affected by COVID and injuries. You know, it's a new season. Obviously, we got the COVID with Jalen Brown, Al Horford already. You know, Rob's got his knee thing going on, which, you know, we'll see where that lands him. But, you know, obviously I don't think it's going to be a repeat of last season. I think we'll be able to sneak into that top three. Not with no problem per se, but, you know, I think Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown are ready to take that next leap up and, you know, really command... Uh, you know, winning games and, you know, uh, giving that effort to, you know, carry out those hard and, uh, you know, slugfest of a win, you know, things that we, games that we would give up on last year 
and kind of throwing the towel, stop giving the effort. You know, I think under a new coach, he kind of lights that fire under their asses and says, let's go out there and let's consistently grind out wins. And I think that's kind of what we lacked last year. We didn't really have that fire to keep us at a pace where, you know, it'll be a, a big difference this season that we're seeing uh, with a new coach, especially. I would say at the very least, if we get unlucky, uh, the Celtics will finish as a, a top four seed. I don't see us going out of the top four. Maybe at some point in the season, we'll touch uh, the fifth or the sixth, but I think we end in the top four basically no matter what. All right, another hot take from at JadenSP123. Very close friend of mine. Glad you sent in this tweet because it's kind of something to uh, get the conversation started. This one is... Uh, not really so Celtics related, but this is something we discussed earlier. So I'll discuss it on the podcast because uh, this one's going to be a bit controversial uh, in a lot of people's eyes. So he says, uh, hottest take, neither team from the 2021 NBA Finals will be a top four seed in their conference this season. And he went on to say, uh, for the record, I don't believe that the Bucks can't end top four. I think they can be as high as the two seed, but as low as six or seven Suns. I have finishing between five and seven. Now, uh, I, I don't even really know where to begin with this one. I think the Bucks are a lock for the one or the two seed. I think that they have one of the deeper squads in the NBA and sort of what they've built is very catered to what Giannis can do. And like I said, if he does add that jump shot consistently, it, it becomes a very hard team to defend just for that one simple addition uh, in his game. And I think you got Middleton, you got Drew Holiday, you got Brooke Lopez, who's, you know, still going to be, uh, you know, just lurking on the three-point line, waiting to surprise you that he can hit threes after all those years of not being able to shoot. You know, I just think that uh, it, it's too much to handle. Defensively, they're going to be one of the top defensive teams in the league because they work hard for each other. I mean, they just won a championship. People want to make excuses and say, oh, they were the healthiest team. You know, uh, no matter what the case is, I think that uh, in order to win an NBA championship, you have to have a certain type of mentality. And the Bucks showed it. They could have folded a few times and, you know, they kind of rose above that and they were able to win the championship. And I think with that being said, they will continue on that same path. I, I really don't think Giannis and co are going to have stopped now just because uh, they won one title. I, I think that they're kind of the mentality monsters of the NBA right now. And I think that they will want it more than a lot of other teams in the league, honestly. And for the Suns, he said, uh, I have them finishing between five and seven seed. This one I would say is probably more realistic, but I think it takes a certain type of team to sort of be able to go on that run all the way to the finals. Even if the teams weren't as healthy, you still have to win the games. The games are still completely losable. And, you know, they held it together. Obviously, they got beat by a better team in the Bucks. I think, interestingly enough, now that uh, DeAndre Ayton hasn't gotten that contract extension, it still could be uh, a bit troublesome for them this year if he's not fully committed. But, you know, I, I, would, I wouldn't really expect for him to just go off the rails just because he didn't get extended yet. It's, it's not a... It's not a lock that he doesn't get re-signed in this offseason anyways, so I wouldn't really be too worried about that. He actually sent in uh, another one, and the last one I'm going to do for today. Uh, he said, uh, I know that this isn't directly Celtics related, but it's too hot of a take to not give out. And then he said, um, the Celtics will rank top five in both points in the paint 
and three-point percentage this season. And uh, I think this is controversial for a lot of reasons, uh, just because uh, the Celtics are not a team that live in the paint or uh, live by the three whatsoever. Definitely not in the past couple of seasons. I think Tatum and Brown sort of leading that charge of becoming better shooters uh, is fine, but we still don't have those like really high percentage shooters that you'd like to see. Uh, on a team that will um, rank top five. I guess anything's possible. We got the likes of uh, Hernan Gomez in this year. We got Sam Hauser on the uh, two-way deal. And of course, uh, Neesmith and Langford uh, have both seemed to improve their shot and uh, their shot consistency. Uh, points in the paint though, I just don't think is so realistic because uh, we don't really have reliable inside scoring big men like that besides Rob Williams. And obviously, you know, the, the worry with that is uh, is he going to stay healthy? Is he going to be there to put those buckets, you know, uh, in the paint uh, for us? Other than that, I mean, we have primarily guys who kind of specialize in mid-range shooting and not necessarily getting to the bucket. But I think if this is the case for either one of these, uh, not even necessarily happening at the same time, uh, it will definitely be a, a good-looking season for the Celtics because I think we can all agree when Tatum and Brown are, you know, driving to the hole, hitting open guys, getting to the free throw line, scoring their points that way. The team's very, very hard to beat. And I don't think uh, I don't think anybody could really disagree with that. So now basically, I just want to go through, uh, you know, some of the new acquisitions as well as old faces and kind of my take on uh, what they need to do this season in order to achieve our top goal, which I would say is uh, that third seed and uh, probably, you know, another trip to the Eastern Conference Finals. I'd say this team can make the finals if injuries uh, stay, you know, a non-factor for most of the season. I think we got a lot deeper. I think that um, there's a lot of positive things that happened over this offseason uh, when Brad took charge of the team as the president of basketball operations. And I just think uh, things are sort of trending in the right direction in terms of attitude-wise. I think we brought in guys who are going to kind of bring that dogfight back into every single game. You know, and that all starts with the, the new head coach, uh, Ime Udoka. And uh, uh, we saw in preseason uh, him take charge of this team for four games, obviously. It's kind of a small sample size that we have to work with. But, you know, I would say uh, there's not really much I could have complained about in those four games. I mean, to start off, he didn't miss a single timeout call where, you know, we were thinking, oh my God, Brad, like uh, call the timeout. It's obvious that this team, you know, we need to reorganize. We thought that a lot of times last season, and it seems like uh, obviously uh, Ime is, uh, isn't shy with the uh, timeout button. Obviously uh, implementing a new uh, defensive system, and I think it's looked really strong in spurts. I think, uh, you know, when we've gotten to see the guys that will have the mainstay of the minutes, uh, it's looked very strong in defending the paint. I think defending the three is not going to be one of our strong suits again this season, which is sad to say, but you know, as long as we can lock up that paint, I don't think it's going to be an incredibly large issue. I think it's still something we can improve upon, but like I said, you know, it's a new head coach and a lot of these guys have been with Brad since they've come into the league. So it's just something that you kind of got to adjust over time. And I think that four games is an extremely small sample size to be judging it based off of that. I think one of the glaring issues uh, that we saw, though, was the uh, turnovers and effort at times was kind of, you know, lackadaisical passes. We obviously saw Marcus Smart 
start off his preseason with two lazy, lazy passes. And I just think that uh, if he wants that starting point guard role, that's going to be something that can't really continue. I, I think he's got Schroeder on his heels and, you know, he's going to have to do a lot better than that. But I, I think just a, apart from that, I think the entire team has just been throwing the ball around. Uh, it looked sloppy at times. It looked like the effort wasn't really there. Uh, the attention to detail wasn't really there. That's sort of a uh, characteristic of the team from last year. You know, I, I don't really think that that's going to be a factor uh, the entire season. I think it's something that gets worked out over time when these players become more familiar with each other. So, you know, I, I don't really think it's something to be too worried about. But I, I think, you know, uh, Ime will drill that more over time. And he seems like one of those coaches who doesn't really uh, take the bullshit. So make one of those stupid mistakes and, you know, you will sit. Uh, obviously, we saw that with uh, Grant Williams getting benched. He was uh, complaining at the refs and then uh, didn't run back on defense uh, right away. Got the foul, the and one. Obviously, you know, he took a seat on the bench. One thing you'll notice, though, is that, uh, you know, Tatum did that type of complaining all game and he never really hit the bench early. I think that uh, it's good to implement that type of rule. I would personally like to see it be more consistent. I, I don't think there's ever really going to be that type of opportunity to just bench Tatum early in a regular season game. So I just wish uh, it kind of would have been kept consistent between those two uh, just because it was a preseason game. There really wasn't a lot on the line, although obviously uh, most Celtics fans uh, hate the Miami Heat. I can't really disagree on that one. Uh, that brings me on to my next player, which is Jason Tatum, the star man, the next coming of Paul Pierce. And uh, he had a decent preseason, I'd say. Uh, he he kind of came in looking a bit sluggish. Seems like that extra muscle mass, uh, you know, it might take some time to really adjust with his jump shot. Looked a bit clunky, but I'd say the the adverse uh, reaction from that is that uh, he looks incredibly strong going to the hole. And I think that, you know, the stronger he is at the basket and the more that percentage flies up, the more he hits the free throw line the better off this team will be. And I think, you know, there were some stats last year that showed, you know, when he was upwards of like 12 plus free throws a game, you know, we, we won a lot of those games because he, he scores a lot of those points and uh, it sort of carries us over to that win. And uh, recently, uh, Ime had said at practice, it really seems like uh, Tatum's playmaking is sort of taking the forefront. And it seems like he's really uh, taken a leap in uh, that category. And I, I think it really needs to. And uh, that's, you know, we're going to have to see that a lot more often this season. I think last year his playmaking already took that leap compared to two years ago. Uh, but, I, you know, I wouldn't say uh, Tatum some sort of elite playmaker, uh, nor would I really expect him to be this season. But, I, you know, I think the better... Uh, he gets at that, the better this team will be. We got guys this year who are uh, coming in ready to hit shots, it seems. And, you know, that can play a very important role in a lot of wins that we're going to need to to have that type of season that we want to have this year. And that being said, I, I think that uh, if the playmaking uh, does really, uh, you know, increase in prominence in his game, we're going to be talking at least top five in the MVP conversation. I, I just don't think we can deny his stardom any longer. I, I think you look at players like uh, Giannis and KD, they're sort of the prototype that players are kind of going after for. You know, I'd say uh, KD is probably the best player in the world right now. Overall, it's kind of hard to deny that fact. Uh, but I would say Jason Tatum is, is kind of cut from that same cloth as KD, and he, you know, he's really ready to 
uh, have the baton passed to him in a sense where uh, he's sort of got that KD swagger about him and he's ready to uh, make some of the greatest moments and memories you know the NBA's seen in a long time it's like Kevin Durant's done you know since his time with the Thunder even with Golden State you know obviously winning a couple rings ring pops in my opinion obviously uh, you know I don't necessarily think those count but uh, I just think that uh, Tatum is kind of uh, built from that same archetype and now obviously we see he's gained a massive amount of muscle which will make him more effective than KD in a lot of situations where KD relies on skill Tatum will be able to rely on his strength more and I really do see him uh, passing him this season or the next one. Bar uh, Giannis turning into a uh, big Greek JJ Redick, I think that uh, Tatum will be, uh, you know, in the top five, uh, if not the top three, and, you know, really in that conversation when the season comes to a close and the Celtics are uh, sitting at those top seeds, I think it will be kind of hard to deny with the types of numbers that he could put up this year. Now, I think uh, probably the most important thing of all, you know, uh, what we're going to see out of Jason Tatum is he has to give 100% effort this year. And I think that kind of goes without saying. Uh, last season was a bit of a drab at some points. And, you know, you kind of got to feel for a guy like Tatum who's got, you know, half of his team out for most of the season. Uh, but it was very evident in some games last year that he just was not interested. That's just not the, the sort of Boston Celtics way that we're accustomed to seeing. Recently uh, enough, like uh, Isaiah Thomas and, and that team, you know, that was one team that maybe they weren't the most talented, but they were going to give you 110% every single night that they stepped out onto the floor. And that's just something I don't think we've necessarily seen from Tatum in maybe a couple of seasons where you can't really look back on a game and say like Tatum really gave it his all uh, for an entire 48 minutes. And I just think that a lack of effort is just due to the lack of wins last year. Like I said, I, I don't really think it's uh, completely all of his fault. I just think that, you know, with the NBA caliber talent he's got next to him uh, this season, it's something that we really got to see change. And, you know, for 48 minutes, he has to go out with that Mamba mentality of, I'm a killer, I'm going to go out there and I'm going to win the game. Uh, especially on the defensive end. Now, I, I kind of think that it was sort of an offseason for every uh, on-ball defender that the Celtics could equip onto guys last year. I think uh, Marcus Smart struggled. I think Jalen Brown struggled at times. I think defensively it was a, it was a really offseason. And, you know, that could be due to a, kind of a, a plethora of things. Obviously, uh, Brad Stevens' system kind of wore old there at the end. So, you know, maybe that had something to do. But with a new coach, I, I think that uh, the new system that's implemented, uh, there really shouldn't be a problem in effort and uh, making the right decisions on defense. I, I sort of think that will take care of itself. I think it's kind of funny that I mentioned the uh, struggles on defense of Jalen Brown. Kind of brings me to my uh, next point that I had down was uh, defense, defense, defense. And, you know, it, it is somewhere... Uh, where he struggled last year and I, I think uh, two years ago we're, we're saying he's one of the uh, primary defenders you know in the league he's one of those top guys you can rely on to uh, get a stop and I, I think that for you know like I said for most of the team that sort of uh, defensive swagger sort of went away last year in terms of just uh, staying on his man botched coverages botched switches you know, it's just things that won't really be acceptable under a new coach, I think. I think it will just naturally be less under a new coach, where obviously there's more uh, 
interest in uh, giving that effort on the defensive end. So, you know, I, I think that'll be fine. I, I just hope we don't sort of run into those uh, similar problems this season. Uh, next point I had down was uh, he needs to get more touches in this system. And I think that's kind of one got to be one of the uh, top priorities of this team is put the ball in Jalen Brown's hands. I think we've seen every single summer uh, he's come back and he's improved on whatever he's lacking. I think uh, the playmaking has taken a real step up. Uh, his ball handling has obviously taken a massive leap. Coming into the league, he, he really could not dribble the ball at an NBA level uh, in front of NBA defenders. And, you know, obviously it's something that's uh, massively changed. We saw in his 25-point outing in the first game of preseason. I mean, he looked locked in. And he looked like he was incredibly hungry to get to the basket you know, obviously he's pulling out the handles. He's ready to get down to it. Uh, not to say that, you know, his jumper was lacking. Obviously, uh, we know Jalen Brown is a shooter of his, you know, own accord. So I just think getting Jalen Brown more touches will only do great for this team. It's time to start treating him like the all-star that he is. Put the damn ball in the guy's hands and let him go to work. You know, that being said, obviously we know Jalen Brown can score the basketball. It's just a matter of fact of whether he is going to or whether he's going to, you know, choose to, to pass up on those shots when he does get the ball, you know, in favor of getting assists to guys who can actually score this year. I wouldn't be surprised to see his points per game go up. I think he is an elite, elite scorer. I think, you know, he can shot create with the best of them now that he's He's worked on those ball handling skills. With uh, opening night, we see he's uh, questionable due to uh, the health and safety protocols. So, you know, uh, lo and behold, uh, we might not see him show off those scoring skills tomorrow night. But obviously, you know, we'll, we'll find out more as it gets closer to uh, tip-off. All right, uh, so next guy I want to talk about is uh, Big Al Horford. Obviously, you know, he was uh, traded back to the Celtics for uh, Kemba Walker. Uh, at the beginning of this offseason and you know I think a lot of Celtics fans didn't really know what to expect out of him obviously he's getting up there in age but you know like he said uh, with his media day interview you know he feels uh, as young and as spry as ever and I, I think it really showed in preseason it really looked like to me like he was ready to uh, run with the young guys and I think that uh, he can provide that veteran presence that the team you know was really really crying out for last year and I, I don't think much has changed in terms of the fact that, you know, uh, he can hit the odd outside shot, he can get his own shot inside, and he can really contribute on the offensive end. I think defense is where it just comes more naturally. He's uh, been a defensive leader for, you know, as long as he's been a Celtic, and I, I just don't think that's going to change anytime soon. Uh, it'll be interesting just because of, obviously, like, uh, his age. And, you know, his uh, prior experience with being on the Boston Celtics, if they'll name him uh, one of the captains and whether or not Marcus Smart's going to be joining him. Uh, that's sort of my prediction. Uh, you know, that's sort of where I stand on the whole uh, captain thing. I think Al Horford and Marcus Smart are fine selections. I, I don't think anybody could really argue with that. I think uh, throwing one of the Jays in there uh, would be a bit interesting. I think that obviously uh, Jason Tatum is the best all-around basketball player on the team. I don't necessarily think that's the best choice uh, to have that player as your captain, but you know, whatever he may decide, it seems like it's in the, you know, the best interest of the team and having uh, two captains instead of one and, you know, whoever they choose 
uh, will do a, a fine job. Uh, now uh, that we've sort of uh, brushed on Marcus Smart and uh, whether or not he's going to be uh, the captain, uh, it's sort of uh, it's sort of odd looking at Marcus Smart as uh, you know he's been the starting shooting guard, the backup shooting guard, the the backup point guard at some points, uh, you know, in the Celtics tenure. You know, is he going to remain at that starting point guard spot for? you know, a, a, a long stretch of this season. And uh, honestly, I don't know. I think uh, Dennis Schroeder's sort of uh, proved that he's, you know, raring to go and uh, he's ready to come in and sort of uh, just help this team win basketball games even more so than Marcus Smart. And obviously, I, I don't think that that's a testament to, you know, uh, what Marcus Smart wants to bring to this team and what he can bring to this team. It just seemed like uh, sometimes maybe the effort wasn't exactly all the way there maybe his head just wasn't screwed on just all the way tight you know to where it could have been but you know like i've like i've said a few times uh, it's preseason i don't think we should overthink it too much it's the marcus smart that's gonna you know jack up you know a random three here and there but you know i think in terms of you know moving the ball and leading that starting lineup on defense i don't really think we can question his ability uh, to do that for us and especially alongside Tatum and Brown and you know if Horford starts or you know whoever else it is you know it's guys he's familiar with and it's guys that he's ready to go to war with. The the one worrying thing we saw you know him running the starting point guard was obviously those lazy turnovers. I think a, a big question is going to be uh, can he keep that assist to turnover ratio at a steady pace you know or is he going to let that turnover number sort of uh, rise above the assists. You know, obviously Smart uh, played a lot of point guard in his college years, going back to high school and all that. So, you know, I think he has the ability to run the offense and make the right plays. It's just a matter of whether or not he's going to do that consistently enough. And, you know, that's sort of the answer to can he stay in the starting lineup? It all depends on what mindset he's going to come in. He's really got to keep the turnovers as low as possible if he wants to stay in the starting lineup because I don't necessarily feel like uh, Ime Udoka will hesitate to swap him out. I think uh, he knows Marcus Smart has uh, long been the unofficial captain of this team. You know, we felt that for a few years. You know, Marcus Smart was the dog. You know, he's he's a guy you want in the game uh, with the game on the line. But, you know, this is this is a sort of new regime. I, I sort of think it's going to be a, a bit unpredictable in terms of uh, who stays where. And that'll sort of be uh, interesting. This is actually uh, just in as uh, I was beginning to record this. Uh, Jabari Parker has been uh, re-signed to the Celtics on a cheaper deal. And I don't really think that can be understated. It, it feels like that was maybe sort of going to be the plan all along. Uh, honestly, it's, it's kind of uh, hard to tell what the intention was there because, you know, Ime had said it himself that they wanted some flexibility with the roster. Obviously, you know, you don't want to show all the cards in your hand, but uh would have been nice to say like, oh, don't worry, he'll be back. Uh, it, it must have been in the cards that he was going to come back when Jabari's agent spoke with the Celtics and all that because obviously it wouldn't uh, have a guy pack his bags just to move back in a couple days later. I think that's good, though. I, I think that Jabari, you know, as uh, sluggish as he can be on defense sometimes, uh, he can sort of uh, provide that veteran presence off the bench. Uh, he can certainly get a bucket when you need it. In terms of um, how he can sort of uh, mesh with those young guys, I think, you know, he'll be more towards the end of the bench. But I think in a time where you really would need size, 
and you would need that bit of scoring off the bench. I think he can do that at, you know, maybe a more effective rate than, you know, your Grant Williams and, you know, guys of that nature. Um, so that's the sort of guy he's going to be competing with. Uh, you know, I, I think that Grant Williams is uh, definitely more of a defensive presence and uh, ready to create some havoc on the defensive end a lot more than Jabari. But I think in terms of scoring, Jabari Parker is an official NBA bucket getter. He's going to go out there and he's going to go uh, score the ball. If you put him in his role, you know, he's not a guy who should step outside of that role of catch the ball, put it in the bucket. I think with that being said about Jabari, it, it sort of is a good way to uh, round this off tomorrow. Uh, we'll probably see him feature against the New York Knicks away from home against our former point guard, Kemba Walker. And it's definitely going to be interesting to see uh, how these guys react to a, a real game being on the line and uh, what the competition level is like, you know, especially with a team like the Knicks that could be hanging around a sort of similar position as us uh, come the end of the season. I think with that being said about Jabari, it, it sort of is a good way to uh, round this off tomorrow. Uh, we'll probably see him feature um, against the New York Knicks away from home against our former point guard Kemba Walker and it's definitely going to be interesting to see uh, you know uh, how these guys react to a, a real game being on the line and uh, what the competition level is like you know especially with a team like the Knicks that could be hanging around a sort of similar position as us uh, come the end of the season.